The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald. I'm resources journalist and Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. We've got a newbie with us today, Medallion Metals. It only joined the stock exchange lists in March after raising $12.5 million in an IPO at $0.25 cents a share. It was last trading at $0.26 cents a share for a market cap of about $42 million. The Perth-based Medallion's focus is the Goldfields Espen region of WA, down Ravensthorpe Way. It came to the market sporting an existing resource base at its Ravensthorpe Gold Project and its Jerda Cut-Up Base and Metals Project. The projects represent different geological plays in a part of WA that has a long history of yielding both high-grade gold and base metals. Medallion is hitting the ground early and hard following its IPO, with the company recently announcing mobilisation was underway to start a 32,000 metre drilling program at the Ravensthorpe Project, the company's flagship. We've got Medallion's Managing Director Paul Bennett with us today to bring us up to speed with the Medallion story and what investors should be looking out for in coming months. So with that, I'm going to say g'day, Paul, and thanks for your time today. G'day, Barry. It's good to be with you. Right. Now, you're well known in the industry, Paul, but for those who don't know you, can I get uh, you to give us a bit of a professional snapshot of yourself? Yeah, certainly. Uh, 25 years in the industry in one form or another. Uh, Originally, mining engineer who spent 12 years in the operational side of the industry here in Western Australia, uh, principally underground, uh, hard rock, gold and base metal projects. Uh, And then a detour to corporate development um, through the mid-2000s. And then eventually I spent nine years with Rand Merchant Bank doing uh, uh, debt and equity financing to the junior resources sectors across a range of commodities and jurisdictions. And then in 2015, uh, sought to get myself back onto the industry side and uh, I joined uh, ACH Minerals, as it was named at the time, which has subsequently become Medallion back in 2016, and I've been there ever since. Right. Okay. Now, given Medallion as a name is uh, new to many, tell us the background to the IPO, perhaps what Medallion was up to ahead of the March listing. Yeah, we acquired the asset from Silver Lake Resources in August of 2016, and I joined the company when the keys were handed over. Uh, the tenement package is quite extensive, uh, extends for over 650 square kilometres down there at Ravensthorpe, as you mentioned. It's prospective for multiple commodities, but of most interest to us is the copper and the gold. The base metals project due to cut up to the south is, uh, is hosted in Proterozoic rocks, uh, and then to the north, the gold and copper opportunity is in the Archean loads there. Uh, we've undertaken a significant amount of work as a private entity since acquiring the asset. We uh, we have done a significant amount of drilling, uh, updated the resources, uh, run a feasibility study uh, and undertaken a significant amount of activity principally associated with the environmental permitting of the project. And so now uh, the IPO is really about taking our existing resource base at the gold project from 674,000 ounces up to, we hope, in excess of a million ounces, at which point we think that is a threshold to develop the mine. 
Right. And you mentioned the feasibility work. What uh, sort of gross figures did that come up with? Yeah, it, the, the project generated 320,000 ounces of gold for sale over its five-and-a-half-year life. Uh, that was an average production rate of approximately 60,000 ounces per annum. The, uh, the project production rates peaked in years three and four at about 80,000 ounces per annum, which is when the underground mines were, were uh, hitting their straps. Uh, and I can't recall exactly what uh, commodity price we ran at the time, but uh, it generated quite robust returns. Um, however, the reserve tail really wasn't there to support a significant amount of debt, and so we needed to bolster the mine life. So we demonstrated the project was uh, economic. The, the ore bodies themselves were, were economic. They generated um, gold at an all-in-sustaining cost of $1,200 Australian per ounce. Uh, and so that was a strong argument for us to go and look for more of that ore at the Cumberland Mining Centre. Right. And you're confident at this stage that the mining centre's uh, got that additional ounces to make the project fly? Yeah, there's three principal deposits at Cundip at this point in time, Kale and Flag and Harbourview, and that's the, the resources at those deposits uh, sum to 674,000 ounces and 80% of that's in the indicated category, I'd point out at this point in time. All of those deposits, those loads are open at depth and a long strike. Right. Uh, the deepest drilling uh, at the project extends to 300 metres below surface. The resources themselves are only estimated to 285 metres below surface. And we're about to embark on a 26,000 metre program, a combination of reserve, reverse circulation and, and diamond drilling uh, mm -hmm. at those deposits. So we're confident that, uh, that that drilling program will have a significant impact on, on the resource estimate at, at Cundip. Right. Uh, so I mentioned uh, 32,000 metres before. Has it been a change or are we talking? No, no. So uh, we're just breaking that down slightly. Yep. So the 26,000 will go directly into the Cundit Mining Centre. Right. And then there'll be 4,000 metres allocated to the regional uh, opportunity. So we control approximately 40 kilometres of strike of, of what's known as the Annabelle Volcanics. And these are the rocks that have hosted all of the historic production in the Ravensthorpe region. And they're host to all of the known occurrences of gold and copper uh, in that part of the world. So there'll be 4,000 metres allocated to the regional targets uh, and then another 2,000 metres will be allocated to the Jurta Cut-Up project in the south. Okay, I'm with you now. Mm -hmm. the, um, just looking at those regional prospects, uh, what's your excitement level around those? Yeah, well, the, the region's yielded approximately 120,000 or 128,000 ounces, I think, to be precise, over its history, which is a long and extensive one, and another 20,000 tonnes of copper. And all of that production's come from principally three uh, clusters of mines. So the first one being Ravensthorpe, which is at, with, at and around the township itself. And then if you take uh, down towards the eastern uh, part of the, the Annabelle Volcanics limb, you'll come to a project known as Alverton. Uh, there was a significant amount of copper and gold produced there up until uh, the early 90s. And then at the Cundit Mining Centre, which is our focus at present, there's, uh, there's been a significant amount of production there. So we're targeting regional prospects uh, just north of Alverton and on to the south and the east of Ravensthorpe. Uh, so hoping to uh, advance those prospects 
to a point where we can either have a, a, a high level of confidence that there'll be a resource estimate there at some point that we can then add to the mine plan and the, and the development uh, aspirations we have at Cundit. Yeah. Now, we are talking about an area with a, a long mining history. I'm just wondering what uh, has modern technology uh, come up with, uh, identified for you with these some of these regional targets? Yeah, the, the, there's no doubt technology's had an impact. Uh, the the ability to, you know, remote sense using geophysical techniques has is, is certainly uh, enhanced our ability to uh, look at the regional opportunity. It, another feature of that local area is that there's a great deal of um, native vegetation that covers the, covers the ground. So whilst the ore bodies are outcropping, they are in some ways difficult to access. So uh, airborne geophys has been very helpful to us. Uh, we're about to embark upon a, a sub-audio magnetic survey, so a SAM survey across the Cundip uh, tenement. That's to fingerprint the deposits, if you will, uh, and then we'll extend that more broadly right across our tenement holding around Ravensthorpe to see if we can zero in on any targets that have perhaps been missed or, or undercover. Uh, and then I think the other, the other principal change here is that we are focused on the gold asset within the portfolio. The former owners, uh, there's, there's been nickel produced in significant quantities from our tenements. Uh, there's a substantial base metal uh, deposit to the south of Jurta Cutup. And it's only now that the gold project has become a focus for us um, or, or for this portfolio of tenements. So previously, the gold was to go through uh, the tail end of a nickel project at Rav 8. Uh, and then after that, in 2011, there was a feasibility study to put the gold through the back end of the base metal project at Jurta Cutup. But uh, we're of the view that there's a specific uh, flow sheet and process uh, route that is required for the for the Kunda bores, and we're focused on on that development opportunity. Right um, now, I think you touched on it earlier. There is a bit of an environmental sensitivity in that part of the world. Is that impacting on the project at all? Uh, it's it, it's with us every day, and with all of our activities, uh, quite lightly too, I guess. Yeah, that's right. And so, we've been through the full public environmental review process here under the WA uh, Environmental Protection uh, legislation. So, in July of two thousand and twenty. Uh, we received a ministerial approval, number 1143, uh, which uh, gave uh, approval for the project to proceed. Um, so that was a long and extensive process, and it's perhaps one of the other steps that we undertook while we're in the private setting to demonstrate that, A, the ore bodies were economic, and that was, that was demonstrated through the feasibility study, and then, B, that the project could be permitted. Uh, and so with those two things in place, that added to the the argument to go and look for more of this ore. So it's the native vegetation that's the principal concern. There's um, there's some particularly floral uh, features of the local area that we need to be very cautious about. So a lot of biological surveys um, and and direct precautions, and we are able to permit the drilling that we need to do, and then mm. quite confident we'll be able to permit the development that we that we're hopeful we'll get up. Yeah, so I guess given the recent history, you've got all the baseline studies in place and it's a matter of just keeping on top of things. Yeah, there's a huge amount of work that's been done, uh, mm. a huge survey that's been undertaken. And then we've also got the uh, the templates or the, or the uh, analogies, if you will. We've got 
first quantum operating the Ravensthorpe nickel operation, 25 kilometres to the south, very similar setting. Uh, and then Mount Catlin or Galaxy's Mount Catlin project operating right on the outskirts of Ravensthorpe, 17 kilometres to our north. So projects uh, can be permitted in this part of the world. The local community is really quite comfortable with the minerals industry and its activities and it's the mining's been a part of the local community for over a century. Mm. Now you mentioned that gold is very much the focus and uh, I was just wondering with the uh, proximity to uh, Mount Catlin, uh, are there any peg- pegmatite swarms going through your, your ground that might be of interest if lithium does in fact take off like no tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, look, we, we, we do... The, the three northernmost tenements in our in our tenement package, uh, we they are Galaxy's tenements. However, we have the mineral rights for all of the minerals other than lithium and tantal. Okay. So that's that's the arrangement to the north. But we certainly share the same geology, and anywhere where we've got uh, Annabelle Volcanics and on the periphery of the Ravenstalk Tonalite, then uh, it's most certainly prospective for for lithium minerals. Right, okay. Now, I see that the company's also kind of in the hotel businesses. It's got a sizable camp facility and you've been able to rent some rooms rooms out to others active in the area. What's the story there? Yeah, so as part of... And most importantly, is it a dry camp? uh, It is a a dry camp. We don't open the wet mess. Um, The view is that there's enough uh, places to get a beer in Ravenstalk without us adding another one. But the guests are welcome to bring back a beer uh, from from the bottle shop if they want to consume one in their room. But uh, the the camp came along with a transaction with Silver Lake back in 2016. Uh, We weren't aware of uh, the potential it had, uh, but, you know, certainly since we've opened it, um, there's been a significant amount of interest from third parties. So I think last night we had uh, 30 paying guests. Uh, at one point last week we had 69. So that's been an unexpected surprise in terms mm. of um, uh, a, a new revenue source. Yeah, I was going to ask, where will that show up in the revenue line in the cash report? Yeah, it'll, it'll be there uh, come the quarterly report that's coming up and, and I think in an increasing fashion as time goes on because it's busy in Ravensthorpe at the moment. Lithium's uh, experiencing a bit of a resurgence. Uh, obviously, nickel's uh, uh, buoyant at present as well, so there's a lot going on down there. Mm. Okay. Now, we haven't talked about due to cut up much. What's the mm. story there? Yeah, so comprises approximately... of our tenement holding uh, situated, as I mentioned, in the Proterozoic sediments, so basically rocks that are about a billion years younger than the the ones we're focused on to the north. Um, This project was discovered by Homestake in 1997. They were looking for a Boddington analogy in the Archean beneath the sediments. Uh, They drilled a gold in soil anomaly 10 kilometres south of Cundip, uh, what is now known as Trilogy, the first hole went straight through uh, the SEDEX deposit uh, that was then uh, subject of a significant drilling program which led to the resource estimate at Trilogy. Uh, there's there's 5.5 million tonnes there at, at, uh, at a grade of uh, lead, zinc, copper, silver and gold that I can't quite recall off the mm. top of my head, but substantial metal endowment all within 150 metres of surface. Uh, so that's owned by Medellin, is it? Yeah, that's correct. We, we hold that 100%. Oh, good. Um, uh, but our view is that project is at an earlier stage of life than the gold and the copper. 
Uh, whilst there's a dual compliant resource there uh, and there's been a lot of work done on the asset, asset um, there is a larger regional exploration opportunity and, and we think that the best way to maximise the value of that asset for medallion shareholders is to find a way to get a partner in to this asset, uh, give it a balance sheet and a management team of its own and take it to the next level that way. So we're exploring the ways that um, we might be able to do that at present. Mm. So sorry, the metals mix there was it was silver, lead, zinc, was it? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's lead, zinc, copper. They're the base metals, and mm-hmm. there's significant um, precious metal uh, credit there. So silver and, and gold. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be lots out there with uh, some ideas how they might want to uh, take it forward. So, indeed, indeed. Okay. Now, um, I was just always with a new company. I think it's a good idea to give investors a feel for what the share register looks like, um, just so people know who they're investing alongside of. What's, uh, what's the register look like? Yeah, so as a result of the IPO, uh, there was approximately oh, oh, 30% of the register now are our are our new investors. Uh, we went from having um, five major shareholders to approximately 460 mm-hmm. on the day listed. Now, of the founders, um, there are uh, one large um, uh, company uh, which is owned by an individual who's uh, based in Washington in the US. Um, that's Bolong. Uh, then we've got uh, Lang Yu, um, uh, which is a Hong Kong domiciled company, but once again, single single uh, owner there. And then the three founders um, uh, who are West Australian-based Mining engineers, or sorry, Australian-based mining engineers. One one lives in Melbourne. <laughs> uh, those those guys all work together at, uh, at Western Mining Operations in in Cambelda at the Gold and the Nickel uh, a long time ago, and they've been successful uh, together and individually uh, over a long period of time. Um, and so that that's who makes up uh, mm. approximately sixty percent of the register there the vast majority of their stock is scrubbed for two years and then management sitting there with a little bit as well yeah uh just a bit of advice there the if you rely on comsec comsec's only uh doing the uh, issue shares not the shares subject to escrow for two years so the market cap is a bit different to what i said it was so and i guess the advanced nature's of uh, the Ravensilk project comes through in that market cap. You're not the uh, you're not an average junior float that's coming through um, that we're seeing at the moment. We might have two or three projects where there hasn't been much work and a lot of work to do. This, this you're, you're quite advanced. It is advanced. Uh, yeah, there's a, a significant amount of drilling. Uh, there's a significant amount of metallurgical test work, uh, hydrological studies, and as I said, the permits have been significantly advanced and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that it, it, it's quite uh, straightforward in my view to map out a path to production here, subject to us having that success that we're, we're quite confident we'll have with this drill program coming up. Mm. Now, just on that drill program, and we're, we're hearing about uh, some of the terrible delays in the SA Labs, what, what's your expectation in terms of flow of results coming from the drilling program? Yeah, so look, I was at site yesterday. Uh, first uh, RC hole was completed at Gem Restored Project. Um, that will head off to the lab in the next 24, 48 hours. And then we're thinking that, well, we're, we know that it's approximately a four-week turnaround to get those results back. So uh, I'd say mid-May, 
the results of the drilling will begin to flow through uh, initially uh, at a trickle, but then as the second rig mobilises next week, uh, then that level of information and that level of feedback will start to really build up. Right. Okay. All right, Paul. So um, we've been discussing uh, quite a bit there, but I was hoping you could just pull it all together and give investors a feel for what they should be looking out for in the coming months. Yeah, sure. So the, as I said, the drilling program is really uh, getting underway as we speak. The mm-hmm. it's mobilised. The diamond rig uh, will be there next week. And so investors should look forward to the results of that drilling uh, starting to be released in mid-May and then building through to the end of 2021. And at the end of that program, uh, we will be in a position then to re-estimate the resource and we're, we're quite confident that we'll, we'll rerun that resource estimate uh, before the end of 2021 and then that will then have a material uh, positive impact on the resource inventory and where... Our, our aspiration is to get that over the million ounce mark um, and subject to the drilling, uh, you know, we'll see if we can get there. And that, that seems to be the threshold at which um, the market is, is acknowledging that there'll be a development. Mm. Um, so that's, the, that's the objective for the company over the next, over the next nine months. Uh, and then there are the other assets that are in the portfolio. There's the nickel ground to the northeast and then there's the base metals to the south. Um, you know, we're, we're looking for opportunities to bring, introduce partners there and, and again, maximise the value of, the, of those assets for the medallion shareholders while at the same time sharpening our focus on, on the gold and copper. Okay, folks, here we go. Go An interesting uh, story to tell there, one to, uh, with plenty of action in coming months. So with that, Paul, I'm going to say thanks for your time today and good luck with it all. We're watching with interest. Thank you.